Hotline to Labour Law Expert Michael McGraham. Uh, a very good uh, afternoon to you and thank you very much for speaking to us. Just on the last point that our Constitutional Court reporter Candace Klein made that this will no doubt uh, be of use to anybody who has any affirmative action case to take to court. What kind of instances would be, then be applicable, would you say? Well, yes, it is very interesting uh, judgment. I think it's a fantastic judgment. Uh, and Justice Besson Kabenda has given a, a superb outline of what is expected of employers in the future. And this is not just for the government uh, institutions and government departments, but it, it holds true for every single business in South Africa. We all know that um, affirmative action is acceptable. Um, is right in the circumstances in what we find ourselves in South Africa today. But the judges are saying that you need to look at it very carefully. First of all, you have to take into account the uh, regional demographics, not just the national demographics. And this is truly what this case was all about. I do applaud the trade union for taking this up, taking these cudgels up on behalf of the colored workers who... I mean, we, we all know that they suffered under apartheid, and then they then need to suffer now under democracy. It doesn't sound fair. And I think the judges, uh, in particular Justice Besson-Gabenda, has come out with a judgment which is going to lay the groundwork for the future and to show us how this social engineering must be done properly and that we can't have this unfair discrimination anymore in our current South Africa. We've we've had a uh, hundred years of it already. You know, we don't need it in the future. And I think this, this is particularly good. Uh, they did attack quotas, although this case wasn't about quotas at all. This was about social engineering without taking into account the regional demographics. In other words, Indian people in the tell would suffer um, from the Department of Correctional Services because they would say, well, we've got too many Indians nation nationally and we won't take into account what we've got in Durban, for instance. And this is what happened here in the Cape. Um, for the coloured workers, they said, no, you overrepresented because your percentage nationally is much lower than what it should be. Um, and I think the judgment is absolutely correct. It has to be studied very carefully by employers. I think employers, before they go headlong into their employment equity plans, uh, should look at them. There are some very good summaries of the judgment. I've been through some of them today. Um, I personally was very excited about this, this judgment which came okay. out today. We'll, c- we'll come to some of the uh, summaries in just a moment, Mr. Mc- uh, Mr. McGrain, but I, I, I'm curious because when we talk about the regional demographics, and perhaps uh, I might be accused of being facetious here, but I think it's just important for us to understand. If, for instance, somebody in Orania were to challenge even uh, the, the presence of affirmative action because uh, it's about uh, allowing a fair access to employment conditions, but obviously uh, if the policy itself would advocate the hiring of people who were previously disadvantaged in uh, Orania, how would it it apply? Well, it would certainly apply. Orania is a very bad example because white people haven't been previously disadvantaged, so they don't count. Hmm. I'm sorry to be so blunt. No, but that's Uh, my whole point. You have to look at the previously disadvantaged people have a look at the legislation and the legislation says that who was previously disadvantaged black colored indian and women and disabled 
those are the previously disadvantaged. We've all accepted that as fair discrimination. They need to be people who would be given the step up at, in the workplace. Obviously, if they're able to do the work, then you would rather choose someone who had been previously disadvantaged. They say, the court is saying, don't set quotas. In other words, don't have numbers attached to it, because otherwise you're really just going to be playing skittles with people. And also the court is saying that you need to have a look at reflecting what it is in that province. Now, Orania is not a province, and also they are white people. Mm. The so point I'm making, allow me, at all. allow me to explain, perhaps so you'd understand what I'm trying to say here, Mr. Bagram. Yeah. I'm just talking about where in an area where you already have a so-called oversupply of white people, but the government policy is you have to extend the opportunity to people who are previously disadvantaged, but then the area would probably have very few of those in that particular community. So how do you then take those demographics into play when you're drawing up uh, um, an affirmative action policy? Well, it's simple. First of all, you have to do it in terms of the province, not in terms of a particular neighborhood. Uh, You can't say, well, look, I've got a business in um, Constantia, so I'm only going to, and it's 100% white people, so I'm only going to take white people. You, you have to look at your affirmative action policy properly and say, let's look at it in terms of the province. And the province has to be taken, it's called regional demographics, that you have to take into account. Mm. And the majority of the people in the Cape are colored people. And so that's got to be reflected to a large degree in your workforce. And if you don't have it reflected, then you're going to fail the employment equity legislation. Um, so you need to have a look at it with a open mind and say, well, I'm sitting here in Constantia in Cape Town and there are very few black people, so I'm going to employ very few black people. That's not acceptable. All right. Thank that's you not so what the court is saying. Thank you so much for sharing your insights. Michael Bagram is a labor law expert. It's 19 minutes past four. Um, what are your thoughts on this story? I'm sure.